I'm Karina and this is In Cahoots, a Mum Heart Australia podcast. My co-host Lacey and I will be joining homeschool mums across the country to share our wins and our struggles and encourage each other because everything's better when you do it with a friend. Thank you for joining us for another episode of In Cahoots. Today, you've got me, Karina, as your host, and I am joined by someone who I'm really excited about sharing her with you because I got to know about this lady about six months ago when I was given a gift at a Mum Heart conference I was at, and this gift was a lovely hand-painted journal and was told that it was created by another homeschooling mum, and I just assumed it was a friend from this person's local group or something like that and then through process of as you do online click on someone's link and click on someone else's link I realized that I just well I discovered the person who created my journal for me so today I get to introduce her to you as well and her homeschooling journey and family so Renee welcome to the podcast Thanks, Karina. Thanks for having me today. So we like to start just by sharing something that's been happening in our week by well, something that's on your mind. What's your week been like, Renee? Uh, our week has uh, started pretty full on this week. Uh, we started back full on schooling last week, which looks different to everybody, I guess. So our full on is probably not everybody's full on, but we'd had a bit of a soft start. And this week we've kind of hit it hard. So that's always all encompassing and takes up a lot of thought and time. It does. And it's every year. It's like re realizing what the new normal it is. What's the best routines, what age and stage the different children are at, isn't it? Yeah. I am. I find that I think I'm going to be really well prepared and then I jump in the first week and I've always got too much stuff. Yes. And I have to re, uh, by the end of the first week, I'm reassessing everything all over again. Yep. Well, that's exactly what I have done. That's what I was going to share here today. I had started my eldest in grade 11 on a kind of prepackaged curriculum this year just to, I thought it would suit him and I thought it would suit my um, ease of, of helping him out as well. In week two, we discovered that it's actually the full program isn't available as a PDF download. And so when you have to pay postage from America, it just made me, well, that's fine oh. if we had to do it. It made me reconsider. <laughs> so yeah. This, yes. So now week three for him and we've had massive talks about, okay, what's important? Is it worth all that extra money for that program or can we do something better if we're spending that much money on it? Why not? You know, it probably opens the door to a lot of others. So we're changing what he's doing. The other three are fine. So there you go. Excellent. I think we just do that continually all over our our homeschool journey, don't we? We, You know, we're just constantly readjusting what works for this child. And when other children kind of come in and their needs become apparent, we adjust. Sometimes it doesn't just affect the child whose needs we're trying to adjust to, but everybody else as well, particularly if you have a big family. Yeah, it does. That's right. So, Renee, tell us a little bit about your family. We have a large-ish family. So my husband and I, uh, we're high school sweethearts and we have been married for coming up for 26 years now. We have seven children. Our eldest daughter is 23 
and she's married. Um, only lives five houses down the road, which is oh, really nice. How nice. Uh, then we have our, 20, our daughter who is 21 on Thursday. She lives in America. She's studying at a Bible school over there mm-hmm. in Northern California. So she's been there for three years now. Uh, and then our next one down, another girl, Bethany, she has just finished grade 12. Uh, she's doing her diploma of dance teaching through our Christian dance company up here on the Sunshine Coast. And then we have the rest of our, our other four that are homeschooling. So I'm actually on the downhill slope now. Even- for a lot of years, I've been, as the older ones have dropped off the end, I've been picking up the little the little yes. ones kind of come up. So I've been schooling five for a long time. But this year I'm only doing four. So our son is almost 16. Our next son down is 13. Next son down is 11. And then our baby girl, who is not a baby anymore, she is nine. But so being, being the youngest will always be the baby of the family. Always be the baby of the family. Yes. So it must be quite different for you too, if your youngest is nine, to not have those toddlers or learning to read and learning the time intensive early years are behind you too as well that yeah I'm fine I actually thought that would be the case so the time intensive early years are behind me in terms of um sitting output you know running around that way but I've found that on the other end because as the kids get older, they develop their own interests and their own um, things that they want to do. When they're small, you seem to do everything as a family unit. Yep. Particularly in homeschooling, we all go to gymnastics or we all go to drama or we all go to science. But as they get older and they find their own things and their own circles of friends, so I actually find I'm probably more busy this year than I've ever been before. Yeah, with the fact that they're all in different places at different times. So, and I think that's a a thing when you're in those early years, you just have this um, impression that it's going to get easier. You're going to have more time to yourself. It's kind of, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing to come to the realisation that actually teenagers take probably, you know, a lot of time as well, more than you think they would when they're toddlers. Yeah. And it's important, I think, to recognise that and give it Mm. to them. Um, and sometimes juggling younger ones and teenagers, as you would know, when you, you know, it it can be tricky because you're, you're juggling such different demands of your time and of yourself. Um, yeah, but I am finding it's great because the older ones now will help look after the younger ones. And so Stu and I have managed to get away for a couple of days or, you know, we've never been able to do that before. But yes. now the older ones, are, you know, our married daughter will come home and look after yeah, so them the, for a couple of days. The side benefits are like that as well. That's right. That's right. Real great. So tell us a little bit about you, what you like to do if you, yeah, how would you describe yourself, Renee? Um, I love to drink coffee. I love people. <laughs> yep. I... I love to paint, which is a newfound passion for me. I've only been doing it for um, probably five years now, four right. years. Actually. Yeah, so maybe four um, okay. that I've been painting. But I, I just love spending time. I'm a, I'm a worshipper. 
and I can't sing a note, but I love to spend time worshiping and in the words. So they're they're my so people were and and Jesus. That's my thing. I throw in coffee and chocolate, and I'm great. You're set. So you told us a bit about your family. You've got seven children now. Have you homeschooled yep. all the way through? You uh, our first, our eldest girls. They I always wanted to homeschool. Yep. Um. So when I had our first daughter. I'm actually have an early a background in early childhood and I never wanted to send her to school. Part of that was fear and not wanting to let her go. But back in 1996, homeschooling wasn't very common and we didn't know anybody. And so I used to say, I want to homeschool and people would be like, oh, you're crazy. <laughs> um, and so for years, even when she started at school and then our second daughter went to school, I used to say to my husband, next year I'm homeschooling. Next year, I'm homeschooling. And then one year, when our eldest daughter went into grade five, I said, next year, I'm homeschooling. And he said, actually, I've just met somebody who homeschools. And they were very similar to us. And they told him all about it. And he was like, that sounds amazing. And he said, I think we could do that. Oh, wow. And so that was, so our eldest girls went to school to grade five and grade two. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them have been home. All the way. Yeah, ever since, yeah. And the importance of that connection and community and sharing with other people as homeschoolers ourselves. Like that's what inspired you to start or, or like your husband. Yep. Okay. We can yep. do this. Um, that's an important aspect for us as homeschoolers to realize just being who we are is a influencing and impacting other people who see our lives and our, the way we homeschool, I guess. And I think now homeschooling is so diverse. Yes. Um, you know, back in the in the nineties, in the early nineties particular, mm. it was it was very you had your there was two groups of homeschoolers and there was the very conservative Christian homeschoolers. Yep. And there was the natural learners, the natural learners who didn't do any formal kind of education, that my husband couldn't see us doing anything like that. And there didn't seem to be anyone in the middle. Where now it is so yeah. accepted, um, people, you walk into the shops and people will say, oh, no school today. And the kids will go, oh, we homeschool. And they'll be like, oh, that's amazing. Where before it would be, you what? Yeah, there's, there's, the com- there's much more of a acceptance of it now as just another way of education. There's mm. so many diverse people who are homeschooling for so many diverse reasons. And I love that. Yeah, you don't get automatically put in the box um, as a homeschooler anymore that you did yep. in the past. And I know from my own experience being homeschooled myself in the like late 80s and it was even more extreme that, that, that no one had ever heard of it and if they had, it was probably generally not a really good experience. Um, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, the, the change now for yeah, my children saying, yep, yeah, we homeschool is so different to what it was. 20 years and you ago. would see a huge change in not just the people people's responses to homeschool but the things that are available as homeschoolers absolutely yes yeah has that changed for you too because like I know I do very different for my own children to what I did as a child what about through you you do your older ones did they kind of have a different experience homeschooling to what your younger children do based on what's available uh, to a certain extent, I actually am a bit of a creature of habit and I like 
what we use as our basis of our curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do every now and again, I kind of change it and then I'm like, oh, then I'll kind of float back. So their experience was probably particularly the older girls. They had come out of school. So we were very much more school yep. at home as opposed to home education. Uh, and also there was just them and then the little ones as they came along would just tag along to whatever the girls wanted to do. But for the older one, for the younger ones now, I find that I'm probably more, a little bit lackadaisical because I realise what is important and what's not important. Yeah. You... Um, so some of our things I'm, I'm way more um, happy to let them go if I don't feel like they're a big deal. Mm-hmm. Where with the girls, I would have made sure that we ticked every box and dotted every I and crossed every T where I'm less like that with the younger ones. You can but the younger ones, I feel like they miss out a little bit because I'm so busy with the older ones and taking them to different things and our life is much busier now. I, I feel like they potentially miss out on more of the homeschooling social stuff that I probably did with the older ones. Hmm. So it, it's kind of a trade-off really. Yeah, they get benefits but there is, yeah, the both, both ends of it get benefits in different ways. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your art. I'm surprised to find that it's only a newfound hobby of yours because what you do is absolutely beautiful. Um, And like I said before, I've got a journal in which you've painted the front of and I've also got a set of little cards with little um, words and Bible verses on them. Yeah, so they're called called identity cards. They're one of my favourite things that I've ever painted. Yeah. They were born out of a season, as I said, seven, seven children and homeschooling, you know that you don't get a lot of time to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I had spent a lot of time, we have, have co-slept and extended breastfed and all of those things. So there came a point where my youngest one was no longer breastfeeding. She'd started doing school, was very much growing in her independence. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I was lost me and I, I I didn't know who I was anymore I knew that I was a wife and a mother and a you know a pastor's wife and a homeschool mom and but I had forgotten who I was and so I remember sitting on my veranda one Sunday morning our youngest daughter is quite the wild child and so when she was small sometimes I would opt to stay home mm-hmm. from church just so she didn't see church as a negative place because I knew I'd be cranky at her <laughs> and I was just crying on the veranda and I just said to Jesus, you have to tell me who I am because I don't know who I am anymore. Wow. And this was early 2017. And he said to me quite clearly, who do you say I am? And I said, I know who you are. That's easy. We all know who he is. And he said, if you believe I am who I say I am, then you have to believe you are who I say you are. And so then I spent about six months just pouring through the scriptures and coming up with all the things that he said that I was and the things that I had because of who I was in him. And that's where the cards came from. And then all the songs came out, the Hillsong songs and the Lauren Daigle songs. And I was like, oh, that's my word. That's my word. So they're actually quite, those songs are actually quite precious to me as well now. Yeah, I can imagine so. That's, That's so lovely to hear where it's come from too. And your identity crisis really which is probably not uncommon amongst homeschooling mums who 
we give of ourselves so often. And in those early years, it's kind of, you've got to really focus so much on the family and the children and the learning new things of homeschooling ourselves. And you then, yeah, you get to that place. I'm assuming that would be a common thing among homeschooling mums of saying, okay, well, who actually am I deep within it? And it's not coming back to me time. I just need to go out and have a massage or have a day, half day for myself. It's being really secure within ourselves of who we are and what makes us tick. And it's from out of that that we can actually give out those things like, you know, the me time, the go and have a coffee with your friends or go and have a massage. Those things are actually really important Yes, because they actually, they refresh us. Mm-hmm. But in times of crisis, they don't sustain us. The only thing that does sustain us is knowing who we are and in, in Christ. Yes. So with your art then, you've made those lovely cards and you do journals. Do you, yeah. how, how did it grow out into a business of selling your artwork? It's been quite an interesting journey and not one that I ever expected to be on. Yeah. Uh, had you asked me five years ago if I would ever have even picked up a paintbrush, I probably would have laughed at you. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> I started, I, it's a long story, but basically I had asked Jesus for a gift that would involve being creative because my family are all creative. Mm-hmm. They're all musicians and or can play or dance. I can't do any of those things. Uh, and that I wanted to spend more time in the word. And this just was born out of that. And the reason it became called Words of Life Art is because I wanted people to see the words of God and what the Bible says and think, I didn't know that God thought about me that way. Because mm-hmm. most Australians think of God, if they think of him at all, as an angry man in the sky who is constantly condemning them and putting in rules. But the God that I know is one who loves them and wants to be with them and pursue them and you know, who wants the best for them. And so I wanted people to find life in his word. And so I wanted them to be able to read them and go, oh, my gosh, I didn't know God said that about me. I didn't know the Bible said that. And so my daughter, actually, I just started doing a few things and putting them up on my own Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And then my daughter encouraged me to just to start to post them on a separate Instagram account, which is how that came about. And then people just started asking, do you sell that? Could I have that? Could you do that? And so, yeah, that's, it still blows me away that people actually want my things, you know? Yeah, when it's just starting as something that was very meaningful for you to then it's just overflowing to other people and being meaningful to other people. How wonderful. Yeah. So you sell them through your Instagram account and you do um, markets and things like that as well, do you? I do uh, not markets as such. It's quite the target market. Um, so it's more of a thing that I would take to Christian women's conferences or church conferences, Mm -hmm. those kind of places. Uh, occasionally we have a community Christmas carol market here for the carols. And I have done those a couple of times, but we're about to launch our website, hopefully in the coming weeks. Oh, great. But at this point in time, Facebook and Instagram, words of life art is where you'll find it. And then it's just as simple as a sending me a message okay excellent and we'll link to those your instagram and um facebook on the show notes as well if anyone does want to find you there oh thank you so going back to homeschooling if you had to say 
something that has worked really well for your family that has, you know, obviously you're a unique family. What's worked well for you? We're, we're a family of creatives. As I said, we're not, we do math, science and all of those things. Yeah. But my family's natural bent is creativity. So we have photographers and bakers and my daughter, my eldest daughter, uh, runs her own cake decorating business. Yeah. Um, and also she has a photography business and then my son has a photography business and, you know, so we got photographers and dancers and musicians. And so I guess for me, the thing that has worked most is not being, we are part of a distance education school that gives us the freedom to be able to pursue those things as we need to and want to. I guess the thing that we've come back to now and we keep coming back to it, even when I try to add other things like this year and, you know, I come to the end of this week going, so busy and I we can't maintain it all is that if they can if the kids can read really well Mm -hmm. and they can write really well and they have a really basic like a good decent understanding of math concepts and I've taught them how to learn yes they will always learn whatever it is that they need and want to learn because in this generation they have so much information at their fingertips they want to learn to do something they youtube it you know they everything is so accessible to them so as opposed to spoon feeding them information and bookwork i guess the thing that has worked most for us in particularly in recent times is knowing that if they can do those things well and they know how to learn they will always be able to be successful in that so for me the most important thing after teaching them those things is to teach them to be good adults and good human beings and to know, you know, be kind, to know how to communicate well, to love Jesus and to love others. Yep. So that's basically, we just work everything around that. Yep. Build the character of the person that they are and also the good habits of just being prepared to put in the effort of learning the hard stuff when it's what something they want to. Yes, that's right. Because it's actually when they want it, it's not as hard. No, that's right. You're not fighting a battle to teach them about something that they want to learn about. And when they see a reason for it behind it, yeah, much more likely to put in the effort. I've got to share, there was a quote you wrote on your Instagram post and I just thought this was lovely and in a way summed up so much about what I love about what you portray not that I've met you, but through your online anyway, you said now, oh, you were talking about, you know, when you go to the shops with a whole heap of young children and, and it's like, oh, are they all yours? Really? I'm glad it's yeah. you that gets that. And then you said, now when I go to the store, no one stares or comments. But if they did and they saw what I see, I know they would say, I wish that was me and not you. Because honestly, life doesn't get much better than this. I love that perspective of you get to that point where you can kind of look back and say, yep, a lot of it is just plain hard work. But wow, look at how blessed I am now to have these children at the stages that they're at. I think that sums up such a good attitude towards parenting and homeschooling as well. So if you could give any... Thank you. If you could give any encouragement to other homeschooling mums, what would you say? Keep going. That's my advice to myself as as well you know we've had a a bit of a tough week with a couple of my kids with with schooling and I even said to my husband maybe I should just put them all in school for a little while you know I know we all have that Mm -hmm. but keep going and I I think surround yourself with like-minded people 
who can encourage you. Yeah. Because often if we, we have those feelings about homeschooling and people's response is just put them in school or, mm. well, this was your choice. So we need to surround ourselves with people who actually understand our, understand our hearts and that sometimes things are just tough. And it's always good I've found to have somebody who's a little bit further ahead in the journey than me who can cheer me on and encourage me and, and point me. You get through this eventually. Yeah. And I think having a big family and seeing my older girls functioning as amazing adults, mm. oftentimes that's enough for me when I'm struggling with the little ones to look at the big ones and go, they're actually amazing. And, and I can keep doing, I can keep doing this. And, and my big kids are a great cheer squad for me as well. But when I didn't have them to cheer me on, I had a friend who had seven children. She was a homeschooler. Sometimes she would drop, her youngest one was the same or is still is the same age as my eldest one. Yep. And sometimes she would come to my house and she would just find me this blubbering mess in my kitchen. And I would say, Bronnie, just tell me, tell me what it is again, what I love about this, because I know that I love it. And I know that this is what I want to do, but I just right now I can't see it. Mm. And she would be able to encourage me and talk me through that and pray with me and spend time with me. And I think if you have somebody like that, then you can stay the course. You can keep going on the journey when it gets tough. So don't isolate yourself or your kids, but, you know, make sure you have people around you who are like-minded, who can really encourage you. And don't sweat the small stuff. Don't yep. sweat. You don't need to dot all the I's across all the T's. It's okay. It's okay. Look at the big picture of who these, who, who the, you were raising. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously community and connection with other people on the same journey is so important. And obviously one of the big reasons why we do Mum Heart and produce this podcast is exactly yeah. that. But where have you found it over the years? Like you've obviously had a you know, a friend, is that just small groups or have you been involved in mum support groups or how have you found that community? Well, for originally, like my husband's a pastor. So when my kids were small, the church that we were pastoring, we were the family pastors there. So we ran things like mops and play group and all of those things. So that was a great way to establish community. And then when I stepped into the homeschooling community, we're really blessed here on the Sunshine Coast that we have an amazing community of homeschool mums here. And when I very first started, I just met an amazing group of mums who were in a very similar stage of life to me. And they have actually stayed some of my closest friends. And not all of them are homeschooling now, but their hearts, I used to say they were my homeschooling friends, but now they're just my friends who used to homeschool, but we have the same heart. And so they are still amazing in being able to. Be that cheer squad. Encourage each other in our, in our life, things that are going on in our lives. So, yeah, home, definitely homeschooling community here is fantastic. And have you reached out purposefully to be that encouragement to other younger mums now that you're kind of one of the older ones, I suppose, more experienced ones? Is that something that's come your way or you foresee? For a little while, uh, definitely. Yep. Um, in the homeschool community, I've actually, in the last probably 18 months, taken a bit of a step back as I've tried to regroup my family a little bit more 
Um, yep. And we've had other things kind of going on around us that that's caused me to kind of just step back a little bit and spend more time at home with my kids. So I'm, I'm actually not doing a lot of homeschool activities or know a lot of homeschool families right now, but mm-hmm. we are back pastoring again and we're the family pastors at our church now. So I spend lots of time with lots of young mums, which is encouraging them on the journey as they're bringing up their small ones. Yeah, whether they're homeschooling or not, it's that motherhood journey, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's because it's, it's actually not, homeschooling is just one beautiful expression of that. And just, we are almost out of time. So before we wrap up, I just want to ask you a question that I haven't prepped you about. And <laughs> what would be a book recommendation you would have for another mum? Okay, well, the Bible is always my number one go-to, which yep. sounds very Christian cliche, but it's... It's true. Probably the best homeschooling book that has spoken into my journey that I have read um, was Seasons of a Mother's Heart by Sally Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Um, changed, totally changed my life in my early homeschool journey. And it's still one of my favourites that I pull out a lot. Um, and also Anne Voskamp's 1,000 Gifts Yes, okay. was life-changing, like, absolutely life-changing to the way that I, I thought. Wow. That's great. The um, someone else just said that same book on a podcast that um, just recently as well. So must be which, which one? The um, season Anne of Heart or Thousand? Oh, anything by Anne Voskamp. But One Thousand Gifts was it just changed my whole mindset of how I thought about life. Yep, put the perspective on what you do have and what you've got to be gratif- grateful yep. for every single day. Yep. Well, thank you, Renee. We're going to have to finish off there, but thank you so much for joining us and just sharing a little bit about your journey so far. Thanks, Karina. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been wonderful having you join us today. Whether you've been doing the dishes, folding the laundry or getting some exercise, thanks for sharing this time with us. To find us online, search Mum Heart Australia for our website, Facebook or Instagram. And feel free to leave us any questions or comments. And remember to share this episode with a friend if you think they might be encouraged by it. Thanks for being in cahoots with us today.